the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Minneapolis, St. Paul. FM 107.5. K298CO. Minneapolis. Fueled by Lucky Station. With SRN News, I'm Jeremy House in Washington. The prime suspect in the deadly shooting in Virginia was described by a co-worker as a, quote, nice guy who was quiet and polite and who showed no signs of the violence that was to come. Police say 40-year-old Dwayne Craddock was killed yesterday as he rampaged through a Virginia Beach municipal building and killed 12 people. Also on SRNews.com, President Trump is pushing past protests from U.S. businesses in Mexico to double down on his threat to slap a 5% tariff on Mexican imports unless America's southern neighbor cracks down on Central American migrants trying to cross the U.S. border. White House Counselor Kellyanne Conway says Mr. Trump needs help at the border. The president has been consistent about this for four years since he announced his candidacy, and he wants Mexico to do more. U.S. stocks tumbled yesterday on Wall Street in response to Mr. Trump's planned action. This is SRN News. He served as deputy assistant to President Trump, and today he's a national radio host. But his beginnings were far more humble as his parents escaped a communist dictatorship. Sebastian Gorka exemplifies the American dream. Be inspired by his story at our exclusive event, Dive In, Dinner and Discussion with Dr. Sebastian Gorka. Reserve your seats at am1280thepatriot.com. This event is supported by Closet and Storage Concepts. AM 1280 The Patriot, Intelligent Radio, just past 1 o'clock, which means one thing. It's time to make weekend radio great again. It's your Northern Alliance Radio Network headliner, Mitch Berg, coming up next. But first, let's take a look at your weather for the rest of the weekend. Mostly sunny, a high of 72. Tonight, mostly clear, a low of 49. Sunday, another beautiful day, sunny and a high of 70. The views expressed on the following program do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. This is the Northern Alliance Radio Network, the longest-running conservative talk show in the Twin Cities. It's great to be back in Minnesota today. Political analysis of the good, the bad, and the outright crazy. Now, here's your headline act, Mitch Bird. Welcome back, Twin Cities and World. It's the wind beneath the right wing. The show that says, send us your tired, huddled masses yearning to see red. The Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM 1280, The Patriot, 15 years strong, dominating Twin Cities weekend radio, and in its own way, dominating the political discussion in the state. Well, at least among the smart people. That's you and I. Glad to have you all here, as always. Back after a week out on assignment. Thanks for Lee Michaels for filling in last week. Uh, I know he, he normally the afternoon host upstairs at AM 980, The Believer. Uh, he, I think he kind of likes to get out and do a little bit of political radio once in a while. So I don't think it was too hard to get him to uh, come down here and fill in for me, but it was uh, still great to have him there. I was out uh, on assignment last week. Great to have the weekend off. Uh, a rare weekend off. I don't do a whole lot of that, as regular listeners are well aware. I, I, I uh, this is in many ways this is the highlight of my week. I, I joke, I shouldn't say the highlight of my week, but one of the highlights of my week. I enjoy being on the air. It goes to the point where I sometimes say, half in jest, that uh, the worst day on the air is better than the best day off the air. It's not entirely true, but. There's a little something to it. I do, after all these years, uh, I do still get a charge out of doing radio. Uh, There's something about radio that is just so much more fun than other kinds of public interaction. Uh, When I say that, I mean, I prefer to doing podcasts, for example. I I do podcasts. It's fun. It's enjoyable. And when you reach an audience, you know that you're reaching an audience. And yet, it's not the same as radio. There's a certain smell about a radio station that uh, goes back uh, to my first radio job where there was a big smell to that radio station because the equipment had all been built in the 1930s. Uh, 
ads, it's, it leaked ozone like crazy. And you walk in that place, you felt like you were walking to a power substation. Uh, I'll talk more about that later on in the summer here because we are coming up on my personal 40th anniversary in radio. Yes, I did start very young in the business, in uh, in high school, actually. And so when I say we're coming up on my 40th anniversary in the business, well, yeah, it's 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 a while. Uh, and there's a big break in the middle of that career. Uh, ended, of course, by starting the Northern Alliance back in 2004. Anyway, more on that when we get into, I don't know, August sometime. We'll, we'll talk about that a little bit just before the State Fair. Anyway, lots of stuff going on here today. A huge day in the news. We're going to be talking with Liz Mayer, who will be joining us again, to talk about the uh, takeaways from the transportation debate uh, in the Minnesota State Legislature this past session. There's a lot to be upset about, among many things to be upset about in the Minnesota State budget. Billions of dollars in new spending. Uh, the, the the sick tax is now permanent, or at least until... Uh, we get a majority of sane people and a uh, governor who isn't basically maniacally focused on transferring money to from people who produce to people who consume, meaning government and its employees for the most part in this state. Uh, so there, there's a lot of opportunities for, for uh, improvement should the good guys take control of this state at some point here. I'd be remiss. If I didn't uh, talk about the uh, serious issue that happened yesterday, uh, to say the least, <laughs> I know I just got promoted to lieutenant colonel, obvious. Uh, Twelve dead after a disgruntled employee opens fire to meet Virginia Beach Municipal Center. Uh, this is yet another mass shooting in a gun-free zone. I mean, let's be honest about that. Yet another mass shooting in a place where the law-abiding citizen isn't supposed to have a firearm with them. Uh, according to CNN, but don't worry, I've verified the facts. It's not actually a lie, even though it's from CNN. But, quote, the shooter who opened fire indiscriminately in a Virginia... Well, okay, we don't know that it was indiscriminate. In fact, all but one of the victims were government employees, so I would say uh, nothing indiscriminate about it. But Okay, fine. It's just a reporter. Quote, the shooter opened fire indiscriminately in a Virginia Beach City building Friday afternoon, killing 12 people and sending at least four to the hospital, was a disgruntled employee. A Virginia government source briefed on, on the investigation told CNN. The shooter, a public utilities worker, died after a long, moving gunfight uh, with officers. I think by that they mean the gunfight moved, not that it brought up emotions. I'm sorry. No, don't joke. It's a mass shooting uh, with officers, according to uh, Police Chief James Cervera. Four people were in surgery Friday night. The chief said hospital officials said three people are in critical condition and one is in fair condition. Mayor Bobby Dyer said, quote, this is the most devastating day in the history of Virginia Beach. The people involved are our friends, co-workers, neighbors, colleagues. Cervera said one person was shot in a car and the government fire uh, gunman well, government gunman, fired indiscriminately as he went through all three floors of Building 2 at the city's municipal center. An officer involved in the gunfight was shot. The officer survived thanks to a ballistic vest, the police chief said. The shooting suspect was identified as Dwayne Craddock, according to a law enforcement official and a Virginia government source. Craddock, 40, worked as a certified professional engineer for the city of Virginia Beach in the Public Utilities Department. He's listed on department news releases as a point of contact for information on local road projects over the past several years. Uh, authorities are investigating a possible motive. Kids, ask your parents about what I'm about to talk about here. Uh, for the, uh, the, the, uh, the, used to be 30 years ago, mass shootings were almost entirely associated with government workers. That's where the phrase going postal came from. Back in the 1980s and early 90s, there were a rash of mass shootings that took place in post offices carried out by postal workers. Seemed to be something about working for the post office that drove people over the edge. Now, let's don't get me wrong here. A lot, a lot of good friends who work for the U.S. Postal Service, they're fine people. I don't suspect any of them are brewing cauldrons of rage, but there seemed at that point to be something, I, I mean, you could draw the correlation, which does not mean causation, 
But there seemed at that point to be a correlation with government workers blowing their lids and and shooting people up. And that's gone somewhat underground in recent years, but it hasn't disappeared. The San Bernardino shooter, although motivated by uh, apparent, well, we don't know for sure since both of the shooters were killed uh, in the aftermath of the massacre, but uh, they, they seem to be. Uh, well, they were also government workers as well, although they were motivated, it would seem, by uh, partially mental illness, partially terror. Uh, they had apparently some uh, terrorist motives as well, although, again, no confirmation has ever come about from that because they weren't available for interrogation. At any rate, there seems to be a link between difficult between between environments that are strictly rigid i'm just i'm winging it here folks but if you look at the two environments that have generated the most two of the three environments i should say that have generated most of the mass shootings in recent memory meaning over the last 40 years they seem to be I and mean, if you leave out mental illness just flat out of nowhere uh people who are stone cold loony like the uh, Aurora theater shooter, uh, James Holmes, a few years back, or uh, Paddock, the, the, the Las Vegas massacre, uh, who no one knows what his motives were. There seems to be a correlation, again, not causation, but correlation with intensely hierarchical environments like government employees, like the U.S. Postal Service, and high schools where the hierarchy is both literal, I mean, teachers are in charge of kids, and of course there's a social hierarchy of, of among kids, among adolescents, which is pretty brutal and unforgiving. I mean, for a lot of us, it's among the worst time of our lives dealing with uh, the social hierarchy of schools. And let's be honest, there's there are people out there who don't handle that well, and there are people out there who respond to that to, to that sort of social pressure by snapping, finding a firearm, frequently stealing it from a from a parent or or someone, and uh, and taking out their rage on the people around them. I don't think it's a stretch to say that there's a link between that and mental illness uh, on the one hand and school shootings on the other, and. I don't think it's a big stretch to say that there might be something about the intense structured hierarchy of government work, uh, which when it filters into the mind of someone who's just a little bit off, a little bit off their rocker, you could say. I mean, again, I've been promoted to full kernel obvious in saying that there is someone, something a little bit mentally off with someone whose solution to life's stresses and depressions and, and, and the, the ticking of one's brain to grab a gun and start shooting their coworkers. It is, of course, uh, field-grade obviousness uh, heading for flag rank. Anyway, so so... You'd think this would be something that that would start people looking. Of course, it's not. Uh, Democrats uh, have already taken to Twitter to politicize the Virginia Beach shooting to push, what else, gun control. Because Virginia has ratcheted up its gun control uh, considerably in recent years. And and by the way, the, 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 the massacre took place yet again in a gun-free zone. And yet you've got the likes of Joe Biden... Bernie Sanders, Kamala Harris, Chuck uh, Schumer, well, there's a big shock, Cory Booker, Beto O'Rourke, Andrew Yang, uh, uh, Ilhan Omar, uh, taking to Twitter and politicizing the living bejeebers out of oh, Rashida Tlaib, Hakeem Jeffries, Joe Kennedy III, John Hickenlooper, oh, there's a shock, Amy Klobuchar, uh, John Delaney, I mean, oh, one liberal politician after another taking basically ghoulishly jumping on this issue yet again uh, to try and attack the civil rights of the law-abiding American. There's a word for that. It's ghoulish. It's creepy. And it's, if you're a victim out there, it kind of shows you what you're worth to the Democratic Party. Anyway, more on that later in the hour. But later on the show, actually, I want to talk about some good news 
in the wake of news like this, if you are a real American. But I want to talk a little bit about cities, the way cities uh, work, or in many cases don't work. And we'll be talking about that well, when we come back, let's take a quick break. Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM 1280, The Patriot. We'll talk about San Francisco and St. Paul and the link between them. Yeah, yet again, go nowhere. We'll be right back. Policies issued by American General Life Insurance Company, Houston, Texas. Not available in all states. For details, visit AIGdirect.com. It takes a lot of courage to face your own death, but I'm glad I finally did. See, I was putting off getting life insurance to protect my family, even though I knew it was important. Then my neighbor's husband died. I watched her struggle emotionally and financially. It really made me face reality. If my husband died, how would I pay the mortgage, the car payments, or keep up the life the kids and I had? I realized I needed to get us life insurance right away. So I called AIG Direct. In less than five minutes, I had a quote. I was shocked at how affordable it is. Just $14 a month for $250,000 of term life coverage. I feel so much better knowing my family has protection. Call AIG Direct right now for a free no-obligation quote. The call takes less than five minutes, and you can save up to 70%. Call now, 1-800-458-3263. That's 1-800-458-3263. 1-800-458-3263. Maybe you'd like to know what exactly Relief Factor is. It was created by doctors. It's a 100% drug-free supplement with four key ingredients that simply help your own body deal with the natural inflammatory response that it has. It's easy to swallow, four little capsules in each packet, like the packet that I carry with me at all times. Three packets a day for a week, then two packets a day for two weeks, and I have just described the three-week quick start. And you will know in three weeks, that's the beauty of it, whether it works, they don't drag you on. That costs just $19.95. There's a very good chance that a very serious percentage of my listeners suffer from some sort of muscular or joint pain. You should try this for $19.95. That's all you can lose. If it works, they will send it to you automatically. If it doesn't work, tell them not to send any shipments. And it's as simple as that. It is all at relieffactor.com. I've been using it for years now. Relieffactor.com. This is a special alert for Americans who owe more than $10,000 in back taxes. Get ready for a toll-free hotline number. Call and get free information on how to take advantage of new initiatives that could significantly reduce or even eliminate your tax debt. Call Stop IRS Debt today at 800-893-8907. Learn how you can stop collection calls, IRS letters, bank levies, and wage garnishments all by using a proven A-plus BBB-rated tax system that negotiates with the IRS for you. If you haven't filed returns in years or you're already in a payment plan, you can still get tax relief. The government is ready to work out a generous program that can resolve your tax debt quickly. Be warned, this situation won't last forever and your tax debt will only get worse if you don't act now. Do not try to handle it yourself. Call Stop IRS Debt now for free information. 800-893-8907. That's 800-893-8907. 800-893-8907. AM 1280, The Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network, 651-289-4488, the number to call if you want to join in. You can also join me on Twitter at hashtag NarnShow, that's N-A-R-N Show. Operators, as always, standing by. By the way, speaking of standing by, we have operators standing by, well, metaphorically speaking, to... Get your tickets in for Dive In Dinner and Discussion with Dr. Sebastian Gorka. Two weeks from today, tonight, AM 12A, The Patriot presents a one of a kind event. Two weeks from tonight, Dive In Dinner and Discussion with Dr. Sebastian Gorka. You can immerse yourself in intelligent conversation while submerged in the Minnesota Zoo's Discovery Bay, a gorgeous room surrounded by a million gallons of water and about 100,000 gallons of jellyfish, sharks, sea dragons. I know you don't measure them by the gallon. I'm just trying to make the turn here. Uh, Sea dragons will swim by as we dive deep into the 2020 elections. 
That doesn't sound as good on the radio as it does in person. I'm trying to imitate submarine sonar. Um, I might just have to wear like a, a submariner's uniform to the event. I just I can't resist. Anyway, uh, looking ahead to uh, discussing the 2020 elections, religious liberty, Dr. Gorka's time on staff at the White House, and much, much more. You can RSVP for this exclusive dinner, the Q&A, and conversation with Dr. Gorka at am1280thepatriot.com. Now, the Narn Table sold out fast, as it always does. King, Brad, and I will be there. We will be loaded for bear, as it were, conversationally speaking. And uh, uh, Dr. Gorka's table also sold out as well. Uh, the meet and greet also sold out, thanks to all of you who showed up for the meet and greet. Uh, but uh, we still have some tickets available for the uh, the main event, the, the dinner and, uh, of course, the, the event itself, the, uh, the discussion with Dr. Gorka. You can go to am1280thepatriot.com and uh, sign up for uh, the event. This is, I uh, hope you can get on board with this. It's, it's exclusive, limited number of seats available, because what the heck, we thought we'd have a fairly intimate evening as these things go. By the way, the event is supported by Minnesota's Closet and Storage Concepts. Um, perhaps I need to have a chat with them as well. Uh, 651-289-448, should you care to join us here. So... In recent weeks, I have been highlighting some stories about major Democrat-run cities that are circling the drain in, in one respect or another. Now, it's an old hat that some cities dominated for decades by progressives, formerly liberals, now progressives, have been having, let's just say, a bit of a hard time of things here. Uh, decades, in some cases, 60 or 70 years of, or more, of being dominated by statist liberals and progressives, pardon the redundancy, uh, has not treated cities well. I mean, you look at places like Newark, New Jersey, Stockton, California, uh, Flint, Michigan. These places have been on the ropes for decades, uh, places that were company towns for companies that uh, basically have industries that uh, have fallen apart over, over the decades. I mean, Newark uh, was at last a prosperous city, I think, probably in the 1920s, maybe, maybe during the war. Who knows? And even then, it was showing signs of decay. You look at places like Baltimore and New Orleans, uh, which show clearly the, the, the signs of decades of uh, terrible, deeply misguided. One might even say stupid if one were inclined to be uncivil, but of course I'm not. Uh, policies uh, in action in, in places like these. I mean, New Orleans, Baltimore, Newark, Stockton, uh, Flint, of course Detroit. I mean, all of them basket cases, poster childs, uh, poster children, really, I should say, for the pathologies that decades of progressive government inevitably brings you. And you look at other cities that have a, managed to retain the veneer of, of prosperity because, of course, they are hosts to prosperous industries, just like Detroit and Baltimore and New Orleans used to be. And they have a different set of pathologies. We've talked a few weeks ago about a news, uh, actually a TV special uh, uh, on KOMO, one of the actual mainstream media outlets in Seattle entitled Seattle is Dying, about how decades of progressive policy have led to downtown Seattle turning into basically a huge homeless camp. And Seattle's still a prosperous place. I mean, Microsoft is, is nearby. There's a lot of tech going on in the greater Seattle area, and that brings a lot of money to Seattle, which has the concomitant problem of causing the city itself to be unaffordable to the middle class. If you are a tech millionaire, someone who put in your time at a, at a successful tech company and suddenly have millions of dollars of stock options to flex, and you can suddenly afford a $1 million apartment uh, above a coffee shop, well, bully for you, what has happened is the neighborhood has become unaffordable to the people who used to live there, and they are, uh, the people who work in that coffee shop are having to commute in from uh, an hour away to work for terrible money in a neighborhood they can't afford to live in. I mean, that's the other side of 
progressive politics in a major city. How places like Seattle, Portland, especially San Francisco, have become completely unaffordable to the middle class. Uh, article came out a couple weeks ago in the Washington Post on San Francisco. Um, it suggests that the current situation, uh, the, the article, the title of the article, which, uh, by the way, came out in the Washington Post, uh, said the situation in San Francisco, quote, breaks America's heart, which is a fine play on the classic Tony Bennett song, but it doesn't really fl- reflect the contempt most Americans outside of the technology industry or outside of the progressive left and politics have for San Francisco. Because, not to put too fine a point on it, the city is in the middle of collapsing, not in the way that Detroit or Baltimore or New Orleans or Newark or Camden or St. Louis have collapsed from basically no one wanting to live there anymore and and the industries that that brought them into existence uh, disappearing one way or another through market forces, but through there, there being no middle for being what Joel Kotkin 10 or 15 years ago, exactly what he predicted cities would become. Cores of immense wealth surrounded by a large ring of, of intense poverty, as and, and that in turn surrounded by the exurbs where the people who actually do the current producing actually live and work. And you're seeing that in places like Seattle, where you have a downtown area that's full of immense prosperity, surrounded by some fairly miserable people. You're thinking Detroit now, by the way. People think of Detroit as just a vast sea of of dilapidated, vacant housing, and that is to an extent true. I, I will never forget the first time I went to Detroit, probably five years ago, uh, and and I and I went came in from the airport and drove past entire neighborhoods, even entire towns, full of just you couldn't see a single light. I drove in in the middle of the night. And you couldn't see a single light. It was like uh, any of these places. It was like driving across rural North Dakota at night, except you were in the middle of what had once been a city of, I believe, three million people, two million people at one point, and yet not a light to be seen. It might as well have been driving across the prairie until you got closer to the core, uh, the inner downtown of Detroit. And now in downtown Detroit, there are companies that have come in, uh, are spending some money, are hiring people and have built basically this inner 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 core of fairly decent wealth. I mean in some ways the very middle of downtown Detroit where places like Quicken Loans and some other large financial companies have moved in uh, lured by lots of cheap office space it's who wants to move to Detroit are incentivizing their employees to live downtown. So you have this core uh in downtown Detroit right in the middle of the city where in some ways, I felt safer than I do in downtown Minneapolis when I was there one evening about five years ago. But you go a mile in any direction. It's a free fire zone. And then you keep going in that direction, and you're basically driving across an urban desert, literally. Now, I drove back out of Detroit at 4 in the morning, and I saw nothing, no lights on as far as – anyway, so this is – I mean, this is something that was predicted by Joel Kotkin years ago. He's a he's an urbanist who, believe it or not, is, has become one of the good guys over the years. Uh, he's an urban theorist, and he's basically said this is the pattern for cities. A core of immense wealth, or at least in the case of Detroit, fairly presentable wealth, surrounded by misery, crime, pathology, poverty, surrounded in turn by the people who actually get the work done, who do the innovating, who who have very little to do with the city itself in many cases, who have built a life out of the exurban areas or life in middle-sized cities like Rochester, like Fargo, like uh, oh, so some of the places on the outskirts of Chicago where an awful lot of actual commerce and innovation is happening. So San Francisco, of course, is the big poster child. 
phenomenal wealth. It's become one of the most expensive cities in the country and the world based on all of the tech money moving downtown. I mean, just a who's who list of tech giants like, like Airbnb and Salesforce and, and uh, Twitter and, and on and on and on. And yet there is human excrement in the streets, homeless people camped out everywhere, no political will to do anything about it because that would be politically incorrect, and nobody with an income less than six figures or more than four figures can live there. We're going to talk about how that translates to Minneapolis and St. Paul terms when we come back. Northern Alliance, AM 1280, The Patriot. Go nowhere. We'll be right back. Join Gene Sullivan each week on Where You Live, where he takes on... Uh, Gene, who do you take on anyway? Maniacal landlords, slippery renters, overbearing HOA boards, demanding homeowners. Oh, and the legislative lunacy brought on by local politicians wanting to fix everything for us. It's a common sense perspective on the news and stories that affect you the most, right where you live. Join Gene Sullivan every Saturday morning at 10 a.m. on AM 1280, The Patriot. Hi, my name is Lily. My mom and dad used to fight about money all the time. Then one day, I heard them talking about this guy. Some uncle I never knew called Uncle Sam. Well, they say this Uncle Sam guy wanted them to pay him like a gazillion dollars. And they didn't have a gazillion dollars. So they called this company they heard on the radio called The Tax Doctor. And The Tax Doctor worked with Uncle Sam's people. I think they're called the IRS, and they're able to work it out so my mom and dad didn't have to pay Uncle Sam very much money at all. So now mom and dad are happy, and I'm happy too. Thanks, tax doctor. If you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS or state, call now and pay less. 800-918-7169. 800-918-7169. That's 800-918-7169. Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover. All for just three bucks, plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 3388 at checkout. That's harrys.com, code 3388. Enjoy. The world of business and investing is constantly changing. How are you keeping up with all the info? Most likely, you're not. Checking websites, reading trade magazines, making phone calls, checking more websites, and still not finding what you need to know. That's where Business 1440 steps in. We're your on-air guide through the fast-paced financial and business landscape. Up-to-the-minute business and investing news. Streaming now at TwinCitiesBusinessRadio.com. AM twelve eighty, the Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network, six five one two eight nine four four eight eight. Should you care to join me? Hey, don't forget the Stand with Israel tour this December. Go to AM twelve eighty, the Patriot.com. Sign up to go to Israel with Dennis Prager and Mike Gallagher. December 2nd through the 11th, the tour of your dreams through the Holy Land. But first, let's talk about America's cities, including Minneapolis and St. Paul. 
So San Francisco has been a kind of a case in, uh, in point in the news here lately. It's actually been getting some attention from the likes of the Washington Post, who I think mistitled a piece on this subject a few weeks ago. Uh, San Francisco is, uh, situation is breaking America's heart. It's, it's a riff on the Tony Bennett song. Classic song written about a time when San Francisco was a fairly ordinary American city. Uh, I mean, like a coastal city, sort of like the New York of the West. It's naturally predisposed towards having an incredibly expensive real estate because it's on the ocean. There's only so much land. It's it's not an island like Manhattan, but they're not making any more land in San Francisco. In fact, if the warmists are correct, it's shrinking. Perhaps not fast enough. We don't know. Anyway, cities in the midst of collapsing. And, and when I say collapsing, I mean, there's plenty of money in San Francisco. Socially speaking, though, there, there there's been a entire section of the population the va- called the vast majority of the population pulled out of the city they can't afford to live there anymore if you don't have an income uh, i say six figures but let's be honest it's more like 150 to 200,000 dollars is the minimum you can make and afford to live in a place like seattle maybe and you're living like a house pet at that range in a place like seattle just like just like seattle san francisco and eventually Seattle, which has some of the same geography and the same sociology and the same social pathologies and political pathologies. Anyway, there's there 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 there's the middle class, the middle ninety percent of the population can't afford to live there. All you have there is people who can afford to live there and pay a million dollars for a one bedroom apartment. Or people who have almost no money and are supported either by living below society standards or supported by society to in order to live there. So this is, again, not the same type of collapse as you've seen in places like Detroit, Baltimore, New Orleans, etc. But it's close cousin. Because someday, if the tech industry moves out of... San Francisco or Seattle, which, to be fair, there's no sign of happening at this point, but things that can't be sustained won't be. I mean, San Francisco wasn't always the headquarters of American technology, and it won't always be. I mean, there was a time when northern and central New Jersey was the home of American technology. Bell Labs was the, the, the birthplace of so much innovation in this country. When was the last time you heard of an innovation uh, coming out of central New Jersey? You haven't. Uh, Things that cannot be sustained won't be. The the industry fled west to greener pastures and cheaper rents and uh, larger bodies of talent, and that's where San Francisco and Seattle, and to some extent Minneapolis is today. Oh, we'll come back to that. Anyway, San Franciscans, uh, the people who keep voting for the government that led them to where they're at, are probably the last people to understand why this is happening to San Francisco. And I I love this quote uh, from uh, the guy who founded a company called Salesforce, a guy named Mark Benioff, uh, who's a fourth-generation San Franciscan, founded a company called Salesforce, which is basically a sale, let's call it a con... uh, uh, con- customer relationship manager. Uh, basically, it's a it's a tool for helping manage your sales efforts, and it's it's many businesses is is become an essential tool. Although, it's also showing some of the 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 uh, the signs of becoming way too big for its market and and being the next major company to well not the next but at some point in the future there's going to be a better solution out there and just like. Uh, just like IBM in the 1980s and Microsoft in the 1990s, eventually someone will build a better mousetrap and Salesforce will cut itself back down to size. And and I can't see it happen happening soon enough because Salesforce also came out this past week and said they part of their terms of service are you cannot sell many different classes of firearms. They are entering the Second Amendment debate in the most... Uh, callow, cowardly way possible, as is their right and option. 
one can only hope it functions for them just as well as it did for Dick's Sporting Goods and some of the other places that have decided to use their uh, bottom line as a virtue signaling tool. Anyway, uh, Salesforce founder and chairman Mark Benioff uh, quoted in regards to San Francisco, quote, about why this is happening in San Francisco. It says, quote, this is unregulated capitalism, unbridled capitalism, capitalism run amok. There are no guardrails uh, who terms these. And by the way, Benioff terms the current situation in San Francisco as a, quote, train wreck. Now, first of all, good luck, Salesforce. You've sown the wind. More on point, capitalism only runs. By the way, I can't stand the term capitalism. Let's let's shoot for the terms like the free market. Either way, capitalism only, quote, runs amok when it's got government paving its way for it with zoning and taxes and social policies designed to promote some groups over other groups to bring, quote, the right people under the government's jurisdiction and to promote, quote, the right kind, end quote, of society. Because life kind of like politics, is leading the way, but hardly alone in, in, in proving Joel Kotkin's point that I referenced moments ago, that cities are becoming donuts with a core of immense wealth surrounded by immense poverty, largely via government policy. Because when companies like Uber and Twitter, and Salesforce, and Airbnb located themselves in the most expensive city in the country rather than in their mother's garages in Palo Alto, uh, not Palo Alto, that's another expensive city, in the suburbs of San Francisco, uh, it, rather than in garages in Des Moines or Plano, Texas, they did it because the government of San Francisco, wanting to bring more wealthy progressive voting people with deep pockets uh, to San Francisco gave these companies immense tax breaks to move to San Francisco, just as Silicon Valley has done the same for a generation now, bringing companies like Apple and uh, Google to Silicon Valley, much the same way San Francisco has opened its, well, basically given out tax favors like after-dinner mints to companies like these large mainstays of the tech industry to get them into downtown San Francisco so that downtown San Francisco can escape the fate of places like Flint and Baltimore and Newark and Camden so they can be company towns to companies that are on so it can be a company town for companies that are on the top of the curve at the moment at the moment but in so doing, make it impossible uh, for by, by unnaturally flooding the market with money that wouldn't be there normally, driving up the price of one of the scarcest goods there is, which is housing on an island or, in the case of San Francisco, a fairly claustrophobic, hilly little peninsula. This is government policy that has led to the situation in San Francisco. Not unregulated capitalism, as Mark Benioff, a, who is, by the way, like an awful lot of people in the technology industry, brilliant in his lane and an idiot outside of it. <laughs> the stories I could tell, but won't. Uh, this, is, this is right up there with, with stories just like it that you see all over this country. Seattle and Portland not quite as exaggerated as San Francisco, but both of them are increasingly unaffordable to the poor, at least in the inner city, in the in the, the parts that used to be decaying and blighted and are now uh, posh beyond the means of anyone who doesn't earn a comfortably above six-figure income. Because, not because they're, well, Seattle's got some challenging geography. Portland does not. Portland has given itself some challenging political geography by passing zoning rules at the behest of progressives that have essentially said, "Yeah, there will be no more uh, multi. Uh, there will be no more single-family housing. We're going to tightly regulate and and try to increase the density of inner-city Portland." Thus, 
Portland has <clears throat> unexpectedly become unaffordable to the poor. Does this sound at all like another major city, perhaps to the north of Egan here? Why, yes, it does. This is what happens when government becomes a monopoly, when it has a monopoly not only on power, but a monopoly on the ability to give out favors, to transfer not just literal wealth in terms of money, but the wealth uh, of uh, that, that goes with tolerance, that goes with the supreme favor, favor of low taxes, which is what a tax break to a major company is, and to... And, and to give favor to a particular lifestyle that is in particular favor, uh, politically speaking, at the moment, which is what Minneapolis, like Portland, is doing in its long-term plan over the next several years, favoring people who prefer the high-density lifestyle, which will <clears throat> unexpectedly make Minneapolis unaffordable in the next generation or so. Just you watch. Worse than it is now? Oh, yeah. You wait. <laughs> Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM 1280, The Patriot. Go nowhere. Be right back. AM 1280, The Patriot. The following is a true story. My name is David Bryant. When I was 37, my wife and I decided to get term life insurance through SelectQuote. Just three years later, I was diagnosed with ALS, also known as Lou Gehrig's disease. Because of life insurance, the people I love most in this world will be protected no matter what happens to me. I know that the dreams I have for my family can still come true. Financial security, to stay in the home we became a family in, and for our children to be able to go to college. I reached out to SelectQuote because I wanted to share my story. If just one person purchases life insurance, I know I will have made a difference. SelectQuote can find a 37-year-old male a $500,000 policy for under a dollar a day. If there are people you care about, you need life insurance. It may be the single most important financial decision of your life. Don't put off protecting your family. Get your free quote now. Call 800 671 7070. That's 800-671-7070. 800-671-7070. Or go to selectquote.com. This is a paid endorsement. Get full details on the example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Not available in all states. The Minnesota legislature has adjourned for the year, but the work can't stop now. Americans for Prosperity is bringing you the details on how the new state budget will impact you, your job, and your family's future. With your help, they were able to stop billions in new taxes, saying no to a 20-cent gas tax, new payroll taxes, new electricity mandates, and more. Visit americansforprosperity.org and join host Jason Flores on Americans for Prosperity Radio for conversations on the issues that matter. Saturdays at 4 p.m. right here on AM 1280 The Patriot. You're a do-it-yourselfer. You fix things around the house, take care of the yard, wash your car, and on top of it all, run your own business. But wow, when it comes to digital marketing and advertising, things aren't so do-it-yourself. You need results and just aren't getting them on your own. Salem Surround will get you results. We know digital marketing and how to deliver customers so you can run your business. Using every digital marketing tool possible is a necessity to compete in today's business world. But you have to know about all the options. Our team at Salem Surround has the expertise to manage all your digital marketing under one roof. Get started with a free evaluation of your digital presence and some great ideas to increase your online visibility and, most importantly, revenue. There really are no limitations on how and where you can reach customers with Salem Surround. Total market penetration for increased ROI. Learn more by logging on to surroundmsp.com. Surroundmsp.com, connecting you with new customers. Step into Chet's Shoes this season for a variety of men's and women's work and recreational footwear. Our store features safety toes and regular toes, as well as keen hiking boots and New Balance walking and running shoes. Think steel toe boots are too heavy? Check out our lightweight safety toe footwear. Don't let spring showers get in the way of work or play this season. Make sure your feet are protected with durable waterproof boots. Stop in to see us in Columbia Heights and shop ChetShoes.com. If the shoe fits, you've been to Chet's. AM 1280, The Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network, 651-289-4488. I talked about San Francisco for two segments here just now because, what is it, for, for a reason, what does it have to do with Minneapolis and St. Paul? Well, 
It's what happens when uh, completely unfettered single-party power uh, when when a single party has actually let's start over again here. This is what happens when a single party has unfettered ability to run a city into the ground over the course of a generation or two or three. It, it illustrates the need for a functional two party system because you'll note that while many of America's biggest cities are in fact single party sinecures. Most of the cities that actually function well have vibrant two-party systems and, and actual competition to get at the levers of power and another party to hold them accountable for screwing it up when they do. Nobody does that in St. Paul. You have places like city, uh, cities like St. Paul and Minneapolis who are making all the same mistakes, every last one of them that the places like Seattle and Portland and San Francisco are making. And that's if you're being optimistic. Because Seattle's got Microsoft. Portland has uh, a number of other tech industries that are, that are doing fairly modestly well. San Francisco, of course, and the Silicon Valley nearby are sort of the epicenter of American technology for now. Not forever. There's no guarantee on that. San Francisco is the center of American technology in exactly the same way that Detroit was the center of the American automotive industry until it wasn't. It's the center of technology in the same way that Newark was the center of American shipping until it wasn't. Cities like Baltimore and, and Newark and New Orleans, for that matter, were crown jewels of their various coasts for the longest time until they weren't until the industries that brought them there moved elsewhere it, just like queens new york and the bronx were company towns for various you can still see the company town names i mean the the town the, the neighborhood of steinway in queens was a company neighborhood for the steinway piano company until piano manufacturing moved elsewhere and Steinway turned into kind of a rough neighborhood for a long time until other things came in and filled in some wealth. Uh, and that something, of course, being Manhattan becoming too expensive even for fairly wealthy people to live in. Something that I don't know if you see that happening in, in Minneapolis and St. Paul. I bring this up because one of the symptoms of unfettered single-party government took place this past week. And on the surface, it's good news. A judge ruled this past week, a Ramsey County judge, uh, ruled that many, uh, St. Paul's Tony Soprano-style trash collection system violated St. Paul law. Uh, and... This is good news. And by the way, we'll have to have the folks from St. Paul Trash uh, joining us here or from the, the, the trash project. We had them on a few weeks ago talking about this litigation, which has successfully resulted in a judge saying uh, St. Paul's Tony Soprano style trash collection system and the creation of a five families of garbage in St. Paul, almost literally, uh, <laughs> violates the St. Paul City Charter. It doesn't have the ability the city doesn't have the ability to do this under its own constitution. It's called a charter. Doesn't matter. Despite the judge's ruling, which would seem to have forestalled this, uh, the, the judge, by the way, uh, ruled that the St. Paul couldn't do this, and they, they basically have to roll back their plans on trash. And uh, by the end of the month, by the end of June, despite the ruling, St. Paul's mayor said yesterday that organized trash collection will continue in St. Paul even as the city uh, will need to borrow $13 million from its financial reserves and raise property taxes next year to pay for it. Quote, trash collection will continue to operate uninterrupted in the city of St. Paul, said Mayor Carter. Residents do not need new, nor should they make any attempt to secure alternative trash services. Carter uh, on Friday, yesterday, joined City Council President Amy Brendamone, St. Paul Public Works Director Kathy Lantry, and others in announcing there will be no interruption to the residential trash system put in place last October for one to four unit residences. City has a binding five year contract with a consortium of private haulers that it created. And nothing in the order signed on Thursday by Ramsey County District Judge Leonardo Castro invalidates it says Carter.
What may change is how we pay for it, said Carter. What you have here, and by the way, this was covered quite capably yesterday by Fred Melo at the Pioneer Press, who quoted the mayor, trash collection will continue uninterrupted in St. Paul. Residents should not attempt to find another hauler. And Melo notes the worst case scenario, the city will pay the 13 million bucks from financial reserves through 2019 and raise your taxes in 2020 to recoup all or part by the back door, basically giving them exactly what the people who foisted the Tony Soprano style system on us, single payer trash in St. Paul. So basically via pure passive aggressive uh, stubbornness that you can only get away with uh, in a city that has no functioning second party. Mayor Carter is giving the people who pull the strings that control him, the powerful political mockers who live in places like Merriam Park and Highland Park, and who basically stay at, I mean, people who live and work out of their houses and have the mental wherewithal and free mental space to worry about things like how many garbage trucks are rolling through the alley because they don't have to go anywhere during the day. All they do is is agitate about politics for a, a quote, living, end quote. They're old political money. And they call the shots in St. Paul, not just the DFL, but the, the one percenters who control the DFL in places like Minneapolis and St. Paul. And and so this is the sort of short-sighted, market-illiterate, innumerate, but virtue-signaling-driven control that gives you, eventually, over the course of a generation or two, places like, if you're lucky, and you have a major industry that doesn't flee elsewhere— or isn't driven elsewhere by your uh, tax structure and, and by the cost of doing business, not to mention living. If you're lucky, you turn into St. Paul, excuse me, into San Francisco or Seattle. Uh, and if you're not lucky, if your business is driven elsewhere, as it was in Detroit, in Camden, in New Orleans, in Baltimore, in St. Louis, in Flint, well, that's what you turn into. Another big step on the way, uh, Northern Northern listeners. Uh, When we come back, Liz Mayer talks about the transportation. Tom Foolery, unfortunately, on both sides of the aisle. Northern Alliance, AM twelve A, the Patriot. Go north. Hello, I'm Alexander Green, Chief Investment Strategist at the Oxford Club. We're one of the oldest financial clubs in the nation with more than 140,000 members. And our audited track record shows we're one of the few groups whose recommendations have outperformed the market for the last 20 years. The reason? Our approach is unique. We ignore the mainstream financial media. We don't listen to politicians. And we really don't care about analyst rating. Those things are a waste of time. There's only one thing you need to know to do very well in the stock market, and that is find great stocks with breakthrough products, record revenue, and very happy shareholders. With that in mind, I've just uncovered my highest rated stock of the year. It's a company that brings in more revenue than IBM, Facebook, and even Google, and they're set to create 50,000 new jobs right here in America. And yet, the stock is available for just $3 a share. Go to OneStockRetirement.com to learn more about this opportunity. Again, that's OneStockRetirement.com. Varicose and spider veins. What a gift from my mom. She had them and I got them. Not only are they uncomfortable and sometimes painful, but I stopped wearing skirts and shorts because I was embarrassed and hated the way my legs looked. When my kids asked, what are those things on your legs? That was it. I finally went to Vein Clinics of America. The doctors at Vein Clinics of America have been treating vein disease for over 35 years. They're the largest and most experienced vein treatment center in the U.S. The best part is, Vein Clinics of America is coming to the Twin Cities this spring, and most insurance is accepted. So if you have tired, swollen, and painful legs, or suffer from embarrassing varicose and spider veins like I did, you can now get world-class treatment for your legs right here in the Twin Cities at Vein Clinics of America. To learn more about location openings, call 800-593-4411. 
800-593-4411. That's 800-593-4411. Every parent has seen a time where dinner is on the table and one of the parents is trying to help with the homework and it explodes in your face. You all of a sudden have one child crying, dad is upset, mom is standing there looking with her hands up in the air. What do we do now? That was the time when we went to the professionals at Mathanasium. Hi, I'm Brenda from Southwest Minneapolis. We discovered that Skylar needed a little bit of, um, of help during parent-teacher conferences in the second grade. That's why we went to Mathanasium. The results that we've seen so far are just stellar. At the beginning of school last year, she essentially did not want to go to school. Six months into the program, she was basically counseling and helping other kids in her math group. Her confidence ballooned. I would highly recommend Mathnasium. Enroll in Mathnasium summer program to make your child's future greater than their past. For $100 off enrollment, go to the advertiser page at am1280thepatriot.com and find the Mathnasium Center near you. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.